Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Soul Brew podcast. This episode is called Figure It Out, which is an absolute banger of a tune and hopefully will be a banger of a conversation. And to celebrate our 40th, Aidan, you're drinking a little naughty dog over there, eh? Lordy, lordy, look who's 40. Hard to believe. <laughs> look at us go. I, remember, I actually remember seeing that ad in the paper for my father when he turned 40. It was Lordy, lordy, Richie's 40. It's so funny. Yeah, uh, I remember them ads in the paper for your birthday. Uh, yeah, it was great. Do you remember any of the other ones? There used to be loads of rhymes. Uh, I can't remember any of it now. Now it's now you, you share it to your wall and or yeah. to your stories. To your Facebook and your Snapchat and what what have you. Your Instagrams and stuff. And it always drives me mad, actually. It always, I'm going off on a rant here, but it's just like... <laughs> Just wish the person a happy birthday. You don't have to share it on your story. You know that sort of way. Like you're too busy sharing it on your story than actually wishing the person a happy birthday. Most it's of the time, all, I forget people's birthdays anyway. It's all coming out now. Well, that's why I find it useful because you forget people's birthdays and then that's someone true. else shares that's it. Very so true. Yeah, don't be giving out when it's helping you in the long run, Aiden. But yeah, it's just yeah, it annoys me. Anyway, back to coffee. Um, the naughty dog. What a great name. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's a little dash hound. So it's like oh. a little sausage dog. Uh, and I'm back on the Falter Buzz. It was offered nice. for ages, ages. I just didn't really drink Falter and brought my wee coffee grinder over, bought myself a wee V60 again. Nice. And I was like, you know, when I was buying, it's like, Aiden, how many times are you going to do this? <laughs> I have V60s everywhere. I think I must have about three or four of them back home and buy another one over here. Ridiculous behavior. Silly, carry on that. Silly. Um, so yeah, the Naughty Dog are from Czech, uh, specifically Western Prague. Um, but they do, I, I very much do like them. I actually have a couple of couple of bags of stuff. I have one bag in the freezer. Oh. Uh, yeah, brought a bag. Um, I didn't bring a bag back to you, but I brought a bag back home. Uh, so yeah, check them out. The Naughty Dog. Deadly. Now, before we proceed with today's topic and discussion, Aiden, would you like to do the housekeeping as such? Remember, folks, we uh, hate doing this part, but it's very important for our listenership and all that carry on. Aiden, what are we asking the people to do? We are talking, <clears throat> well, see, see that we're talking about coffee. Stephen and myself for Soul Brew have a donation page for the podcast uh, called Buy Me a Coffee. And we ask the listeners in there to spare us the price of a coffee uh, per month if they can. And all that money goes back into the podcast, whether it's in terms of looking after people who uh, help us out or equipment or whatever the podcast needs, um, the memberships to pay to ACAST, things like that there. doesn't go into our pocket at all. Most of the time, it's money coming out of our pocket to run the podcast. So if you could spare us a price off a coffee, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, um, then we'd ask you to please donate that. And then in terms of growth of the podcast, uh, we still haven't cracked these algorithms or we're not um, we're not creating reels every day on our Instagram. So uh, we still very much rely on word of mouth. And that is that we would ask you to share the podcast with a friend or go into Spotify and give it a five-star rating uh, or share the podcast on your stories, which I'm just after giving out about uh, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, um, yeah, I want to... Hopefully, yeah. hopefully people will share Happy 40th to Soul Brew <laughs> yeah. and tag, tag you on it now. Tag me in it specifically, yeah. <clears throat> uh, but it all really does help the podcast and um, we'd really appreciate if you could please do that for us. All right, housekeeping check. So today's discussion is off the back of an email. So there's another podcaster that I listen to from time to time. I have a love-hate relationship with this podcaster. Uh, he has really good guests. His name's Chris Williamson. It's the modern... What is the podcast called again? Modern Wisdom, I think, or something. Modern Wisdom. And... He sends out emails and stuff and one caught our attention last week 
and we kind of want to read the email. We're going to then sort of discuss uh, the contents of it. Isn't that right, Something along those lines, yes. Perfect. So I shall read the email first, and it goes as such. There are two types of people, those who don't know how to improve their lives and those who don't know how to stop. And people who can improve their lives will always struggle to be around people who can't. Personal growth and self-improvement is liberating, fulfilling and exciting, but it is also a trap that convinces you that you're an unfinished article who doesn't need to start enjoying life yet. One who can defer happiness until you've reached a certain level of development. I'll start living when I finally dot 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 mastered this new meditation technique or got to single digit body fat or hit six figure income or bought a new house or read a hundred books or grown my channel to a million subscribers, etc. etc. Personal growthers have learned a sacrifice reward dynamic that is useful in the micro but malignant in the macro. So we teach ourselves that we need to do the tough things first so we can enjoy the fun things later. And if that's go to the gym before you watch Netflix in the evening, that's fine. But if it's complete and arbitrary amount of life improving before we can actually feel that we can let ourselves enjoy life, then maybe it's not fine. Deferred happiness syndrome is the common feeling that your life has not begun, but your present reality is a mere prelude to some idyllic future. This ideal is a mirage that'll fade as you approach, revealing that the prelude you rushed through was in fact the one to your death. So the perennially difficult balance of the personal growther is being between being and becoming, between feeling enough and wanting to be better, between a desire for more and a satisfaction for what you already have. You want to leave it all out in the field of play, but you realize that if you're constantly driven by desiring more, it's difficult to take time to enjoy the process of playing the game. It's tough. This is the personal growth problem. This author suggests a solution from an episode he had with Sam Harris, who's a well-known uh, guy in the field of health and well-being. <clears throat> and it's to string together some moments of peace and gratitude wherever you can. So if that's just spend 30 seconds, five times a day, really putting your mind to where your feet are. Take a deep breath in, allow your mind to focus on the peripherals of your vision and think about how the things you have now are only once things you dreamed of having. Think about how insane it would be if you from five years ago could see this newly improved texture of your mind, quality of your life and clarity of your thoughts. Realize that all the striving and pushing and grinding is indeed satisfying. But if you can't have fun now, you're never going to. Oh, that was a long read. It was very well written. It is very well written. <clears throat> and very well reading. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Where would you like to start dissecting that and what's your thoughts, Aiden, from that? And that you think people listening could take something from? When I read this first and I sent it to you, it immediately reminded me of an episode that we had done before mm -hmm. that we had talked about, should you always be growing and developing? And the first two lines of that, or the first couple of lines is that there's two types of people and the ones who can improve their lives uh, or, and the ones who don't know when to stop. And I guess the first question I have for you is, where do you fall into that? Those who don't know who how to improve their lives and those who don't know when to stop. I'm definitely Which of those two people are you? Definitely leaning more towards the the one who doesn't know how to stop. I think even this whole podcast is part of that. Um and it's something that I've This could be the fortieth and last podcast. We've <laughs> <laughs> come to realize come to this conclusion. <laughs> I I I think I think with everything, with anything from your diet, your lifestyle behaviors to your work, to self improvement, I think it all comes down to balance. 
and trying to strike a balance where you're still consciously and making an effort to improve, but it's not the focus. So it's something. So if I go back to before we started this podcast, I was religiously every day journaling without fail every day journaling every day meditating and every day going on some sort of mindful walk now i do one of those three things a day the other two i don't they're still beneficial i still do them occasionally but back then the stage of life that i was in it helped me through whatever i was going through and in some ways it changed a lot of my perceptions and a lot of my thought processes. Now I still have the learning that I got from that, but I'm doing it. I'm not doing those things as much, but I think I've learned a lot of lessons and put them to practice in life. And I think this podcast recording this, so we, now at the moment we're releasing every three weeks so we still meet every week and we have some sort of conversation whether it's planning stuff or whether it's recording an episode and i think because we have this podcast we are always doing stuff we're always looking at personal growth and different bits and pieces so i'm still doing it every week but i think i'm in a balance but then sometimes i do think geez maybe i'm thinking about these things too much but that's something i've noticed over the last few years is that i don't journal now really at all and i don't feel the need to but i know it definitely changed my life at one stage so anyone that's listening and are think are not doing anything to improve their lives you can always do one thing and then you can always duck away from it at the minute I go into the water occasionally, but there was a stage a few years ago that me, you, Hannah went in every day, McCaff for nearly five months, six months longer. But now I don't, I do it occasionally, maybe two, three times a week. So I don't think I'm as strict on myself about it. And I think there's a wee bit more balance, but could be wrong. I'm going to replace the word with of balance there <clears throat> um, and I'm going to insert this part instead but it is also a trap that convinces you that you're an unfinished article who doesn't need to start enjoying life yet so you're striving for balance or that feeling of balance but do you feel like you're an unfinished article still very hard one to answer Because, okay, so if you take it one ang- angle, if you if I'm an unfinished article, then does that mean you're a god? <laughs> you're complete. I guess no. I guess on, it's not really just unfinished article. The, the the important bit is who doesn't need to start enjoying life yet. That's probably your loophole to get out of this. Yes, I, I think because I do actually think about this a bit where sometimes I'm like oh god I, I I like it's complex because I do think I enjoy life and I try to focus on the process of things so at the minute we're renovating an old house and we're living in the old house at the minute and it's you know cold and damp and it's starting to get mouldy a wee bit it's like jeez I just can't wait to be in the finished article but I know that's six months away maybe so I'm trying to enjoy the process of like you know we get to pick the floors that we're going to and it's quite boring stuff but it's actually like trying I'm trying to focus on enjoying it as opposed to focus on the outcome and I had this moment when I was doing uh, one of my previous roles where I seen the end goal and it seemed like a huge angle and way too far away to think about but it seemed huge until i broke it down into little segments that were doable and then enjoyed the process of it so i think from 
the last few years, one of the biggest things I've learned is just enjoy the process of it. If it's a big, massive thing for work or a big, massive thing in your personal life. When you think about the end goal, it's fucking huge and scary. But when you just break it down to all you can do is what you're doing right now and process a little bit by bit, then I think that's helped me to not think I'm an unfinished article. I think that's something that I love and think about. Um, even, for example, our friend who is going to be doing the work on your house, um, Declan Meenan Carpentry. And I think that job must, in some level, be so satisfactory because you get to see an end product. You know, like he comes, like his work is, mm-hmm. uh, must be very, he must have a great deal of job satisfaction. At least this is what I think of someone from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my work, you, you don't get really that end product because you're dealing with the person. Mm-hmm. You know, you might sometimes, yes, you might get it before and after. You might, you know, they might lose a certain amount of weight or they might, you know, whatever, you might fix a knee issue or whatever it is, but it's not, it doesn't really stop there and it and it's not very linear in that sense. And sometimes trying to get job satisfaction can be quite difficult you know and maybe if you have say 30 clients on the cards you know you could have maybe just two or three of them who are absolutely nailing it you could have um then like 10 to 15 who who are just you know trudging along and then you could have some who are just way off the charts so like you never really have like this full project from start to finish uh so i think what you said there is very important in terms of making some sort of small ones along the way or enjoying the process of it or because mm-hmm. there's not really an end product in in my line of work and i guess in your line of work there's always so many moving parts or whatever um compared to a job where you're working with your hands potentially or and you see the end product you know you can physically see it yeah and imagine if you have a client and their goal is to you know, say lose two kilos uh, by a certain amount of time. I imagine after you complete that, you end up writing more goals with them and the goal, the goalposts just change and it's forever changing. Is it? Is that the way? Yeah. It's, it's, and I was just kind of having the sort of, <laughs> what I say, these are existential thoughts. Um, one day with I have this specific client that comes to mind that, that I'm working with in person. And I was thinking about, you know, does what we do matter? And I'm, I know I'm going off topic, but I'm, I'm, I'll pull it back again. Um, where I cycle home from the gym to my apartment is around the first district. And around the first district, there's called a road. There's a road called the ring. And it, it kind of it circulates around the first district, and in the first district, obviously, like there's a lot of government buildings, there's a financial, there's a lot of important things happening in the city center. And I cycle, I was cycling home one day, and I seen which is not on uncommon, like um, black black cars, blacked out mirrors. It was obviously someone very important, and that was getting escorted, and I was just on my little Peugeot bike, a little vintage bike. <laughs> And I just looked at it and I just looked away again. And I was like, I was like, I don't really care who's in that car. You know, it's not important to me. And I don't know what I was doing. And I just cycled on home. Um, and then I was in um, with my client who, who I've been talking about. And um, this person in particular has very bad posture and is really struggling with um, getting standing up straight. And We've been doing a lot of mobility work together and there's this exercise that I think everybody, well, if you're above, above the age of 30, you should be doing, it's called 1990. And some people might know, it. I think, you know, it. you sit on the ground and you have your knees bent up and you drop down so that your legs are at 90 degrees to each other. And then you bring them up like in a one shield motion and drop them down on the other side. And it helps to, uh, it helps with hip mobility um which i've been trying to work on with this guy and 
the way the exercise is set up is your gaze focuses on the internal leg, the leg that folds in, and it and it doesn't catch the leg that folds out. But it's also very important that you pay attention to the leg that folds out. And you've got to really push it down to the ground. And it might only be the difference of paying attention to it, might only be the difference of moving it another inch or so. And when I was taking him through this, and I've taken him through it hundreds of times, and I was sitting watching him do it, and I was like, you need to pay attention to that outside leg and to move it down that extra inch. And I was sitting there and I was like, this is such a small detail. I was like, this is so incredibly small. Like it's like if you're walking past it, you you would never even notice it, apart from the fact that I'm completely trying to search for the small detail. And then I thought about those cars that were driving around mm-hmm. ring, and I was like, probably what was going on in there was very important, but I just didn't care. But I but I really care about this client who's sitting in front of me because this is really important for him that he gets this right because this guy's not able to stand up straight. So every detail and every small cue is incredibly important for me, for him, for his quality of life. Mm-hmm. And then I was just having this thought was like, like, I don't know what, maybe there wasn't anyone important in those cars, but maybe they had a really important meeting that day for Austria or for a business meeting or whatever. And maybe it was actually important for me. I just, I just have no idea because I'm a citizen or because I live here, whatever. Um, and I was just having that thought of does what we do is what we do important. And I would say, yes. And we're way off on tangent here, but we, a big tangent, we, 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 <laughs> we had to say that we would also talk about this and, and we can pull it back to the start of the episode. Um, but yeah, I guess my, my question to you is what's your thoughts on that? Well, I'll ask you a question is, <coughs> so you answered is what we do important. So you said, yes, I think, I think, I think yes. Is what does what we do matter? I would say yes. Okay. I would argue that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But in the micro, it does matter because it matters to you and it matters to those close to you. So my argument is always that there is no big massive meaning to life other than what's close to you and I think actually I was listening to Jimmy Carr the comedian <laughs> and not a man you'd think of for philosophical advice but yeah I've seen him pop up he, like yeah some amazing stuff I've seen him oh, talking uh, yeah he was asked on a podcast I was listening to recently about the meaning of life and he said five simple words to enjoy the passage of time that's it. He just says, enjoy the passage of time. It's like none of it. So in that sense, none of it really matters. But it does matter to that guy that you're working with because it, he mightn't be able to walk properly. So in that well, sense, give, it does matter. To give you, to give you another example um, of why I think in the micro it matters, but also in the macro, I can join the dots why it matters. <clears throat> and I have a mother who I'm training and has a dodgy knee and we've been working on it to get it stronger. And their Christmas time, she had spent the the Christmas holidays skiing with her boys who are very young and her, her youngest boy is so small that she has to put him in between her legs and ski with them. Now she couldn't do that a couple of months ago. Um, and obviously in that moment it matters, but I think that's going to matter in that boy's life when he's 30, 40, 50 years old, because he's going to remember that his mom was able to ski with him. You know, whereas maybe the opposite of that would be that he could never do things like that because his mom wasn't able to do it. And maybe he ends up very bitter about that or, you know, f- well, very upset about it. I would say, firstly, that's still a micro. That doesn't affect. Well, it depends what you're defining micro and macro. 
<clears throat> macro is like overall action the big thing micros that around you and like the small things you and those around but i might you. never meet that guy in 40 50 years time yeah but also you could look at it if you really go cynically and deep into there if that's what causes his that boy's unhappiness later in life that his mom couldn't ski with him then maybe he should be doing a little bit of personal <laughs> development work and personal growth because his mom clearly loves him by listening to that so you know it's kind of like a, it's you can go around circles yeah, yeah and you always can and that's why i think that quote from jimmy carr is just enjoy the passage of time whatever it takes you whatever that is and sometimes i i listen to these podcasts or have these people that are ultra successful and they say sort of things like that and i'm like you know sometimes like oh, it's very easy for them to say in their million year old uh house or in their million year studio or their you know i but then at the same time a lot of these people have come from very little and have gone through tough times and good times and are now reflecting on it and i've i don't know i think he's one of those people that he grew up in a like a just a working class background that and he seems to have taken a turn recently in terms of going into that aspect of life and and focusing on enjoying the little things in fairness to um chris williamson he also talks about um i can't remember what it is but there's a name on this where um people who are successful forget about the first 50 percent that got them there and they only for remember the last bit so it's easy for they they forget the grind that they put into it um and also um i just listened to him on a podcast recently talking about uh specifically elon musk and people saying oh you know i'd love to um be elon musk because he's so rich and so powerful and gets to do all these cool things or whatever mm -hmm. but you can't pick that one part that you see from someone you'd have to pick the whole person to actually really want to be that person because you can't just pick his money because to get his money you have to have his mind and his relationships and his life and the chances are you wouldn't would not want to have that mm -hmm. um and he said elon musk says himself you would not want to be me you know so i think that's a very fair point to make and sometimes these sweeping statements like you said are you very much have to would you even take it with a pinch of salt or very much be like well if you really wanted to be jimmy carr or you'd want to have jimmy carr's money or his fame mm -hmm. you can't just pick his fame you, you know you have to pick everything about him <clears throat> in that sense yeah and I even i do love that phrase enjoy the passage of time which i I'm in a position where I can, but it's also a lot of people there. Their time is really, really tough. Every moment of their day is really tough. You know, people living in poverty or homelessness or in a war stricken place. And as another complexity is that sometimes we compare ourselves to others. Like, you know, you might have something tough going on and you're like, oh, but sure, look, it could be worse. You know, you could be whatever in a war-torn place or, you know, things other people have it worse, which we've talked about before. And it's that sort of comparison of not, and not allowing yourself to go through the emotions, whether it's good or bad. And I think that's something that you could get bottled down if you think about the tough things in life. And sometimes I've, I've seen that recently with what's going on in Gaza. I've gone through rabbit holes on Instagram or whatever of, of videos and stuff. And sometimes I come out off my phone thinking this world is fucking horrible. This is just shit. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And then on the other hand, there's very little I can do about it. I can do something about it, like join some of the marches and share things and and that type of thing. But it's very easy to get yourself upset by something that at the end of the day, it doesn't affect my life. 
and the and the micro aspect of it like it doesn't affect my day-to-day life but that's where the macro is in that's where i get the feelings of uh i don't know what the feelings are so it's just disgust and sort of horror which is where i see the difference in micro and macro so like it doesn't affect my day-to-day but what can i do that maybe could affect it in the macro in the bigger picture what can i do can i do something do i want to do something i'm in a position where i'm healthy and i'm in a good place that maybe i could do something but then i was listening to the guy that wrote sapiens you know the book sapiens mm-hmm. urari yuval or something i think his name is and he was kind of talking about the best thing we can do in that case is find the thing you're passionate about the thing you can do to help others Find what that is, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and you can help others and do that. So I'm lucky in my job now, I work in a, in a community hub. I work in community work for people of community. And that I get satisfaction out of that and I can focus my energy on that and whatever other volunteer in, in the area I can do that can help others. But if I start focusing on other things and other things that I want to help, I end up stretching myself too thin. So his advice is kind of pick something that you're really passionate about and you really care about and focus on that and then work with others that are focusing on other things. I think um, that the world is not as bad as we think it is mm-hmm. um, or at least what the me- the media portrays it to be. Uh, I do have a question for you, um, and this is something I was talking to Vero, Vero about last night, and she says, what are you thinking about? And I said, I'm thinking about what's happening in Gaza at the moment, but I said, I'm more specifically, I'm thinking about, and I'm not sure everyone's like this, but people who are sharing stuff online, and particularly people who have quite large followings, and I'm not sure um, if they're claiming moral high ground or if they're actually trying to help or if they're signposting people. You know, I think it depends on the context of the post. Obviously, everything depends on context and what they're saying in the post. But a lot of the time, at least from some of the things that I've seen, I haven't seen any signposting in the sense that we must do something about this. And, you know, they let the common thread just explode then, you know, because it's 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 catching a lot of eyes and obviously it's very sensitive and, you know, people feel very strongly about it. But there is that side to me and, and or that, that side where I'm like, I'm just not sure why you're posting that, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if that's something that's come up in your own feed and maybe what you're referring to there. Yeah, it's kind of what I am referring to. Like, I haven't really shared stuff because I'm not I'm not doing anything about it. I'm not in much of a position to do anything about it. So I haven't shared for the sake of sharing, which is maybe what you're alluding to, that maybe some people are. But then I do see some people like Lucy, our previous episode, the guest Lucy we had, she's organized a gig for raising money and she's raising awareness and she's doing a lot of work on it and posting sharing but she's doing the work along with it uh, and there's a few other people i follow that have been to marches and helping organize marches and different bits and pieces so they're the people that are you know doing the work that's their passion and that's their what they're focusing on at the moment which is great and we need those people it's it's not my focus at the minute i support them in terms of uh, agree with their sentiment and agree with what they're doing and I'm just not in a position to take a lead on it or to do anything with it so I haven't really shared anything but that's just me but I do get what you mean yeah some people just do it because they think it's the right thing to do and you see a lot of that about different things like Black Lives Matter that was another thing that sort of people did a lot of sharing but not doing anything about mm-hmm. you know so the very little you can do about that is if you're sharing something in Gaza just because you've seen someone you like share it you know 
that's when you maybe should start reading more about it or focusing maybe on your personal growth or your education and that, which is bringing it back to the actual episode we're talking about. Is like the same thing for personal growth, whatever aspect you look at it, whether you should continue doing it or not. If I wanted to become an you know, someone that really wanted to get into that um sort of field of work as a for uh organizing marches or whatever that might be that's personal growth and that's a growth and maybe in other sense as well so i hope that the people that share that are reading up on it and are actually you know talking to other people about it then in person and you know maybe doing something small about it um our two previous guests actually are both doing a lot on it dr sharon lambert as well is doing a lot down in cork and she's emailing the Taoiseach's office and she's emailing local TDs and she's organizing marches or being part of marches. So she's the two of them are doing a colossal amount of work on it. And they're the type of people that take the lead on it. And I support them. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily doing anything about it, but I support them. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just some of the posts that I had seen, I'm not entirely sure. It was just, I was just looking at it with, um, a very cynical eye mm-hmm. maybe um and then i think then that the other side of it you know maybe back to the micro um and getting caught caught up in maybe everything that's going on in the world i think the world is not a bad place i think there's lots of good happening um depending on what you're being fed and and especially on a micro level at least in my own life um and what i can see i think there's a lot of good things happening as well so that's and you know, down a big rabbit hole there but a but huge rabbit hole. and i guess probably the final thing is i would say is i just don't understand enough that's that's why i'm, I'm i haven't said much about it apart from the fact that you know, when I see these posts, I'm just like, I'm like, I wonder just how much you know as well. Like, I, I, and I don't know the complexities of what's going on with these things. Um, and a bit like yourself, I'm probably not going to do anything about it. And I think a lot of these posts maybe are designed in a way that make you feel guilty for that. I'm not sure. Like, you yeah. don't come away feeling good about them, you know. Um, but if there was more signposting on some of them or, something like that then then my my inclination to do more about it would probably be higher. yeah i think i have seen people share if i end up following a page that sort of uh tells the truth i think and um, from looking at it so that's what i can see what's going on there in that sense but i do think a, a lot of people share and I, i've gone through this before where you're not sure what you can do. You're not really in a position to do anything, but you have social media so you can share and you can talk about it, which is something. Mm-hmm. And it always brings me back to to the day in Creasa in October last year. We stood around for three hours not doing anything, but we wanted to do something and we couldn't. So we just stood there waiting. And I think social media is like a... You know, you think about what was shared around that time, people that just didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just a bigger level of that, I think. And and I, I do mm-hmm. think people's hearts in the right place when it comes to that and sharing, but it's too complex an issue for me to say what's right or wrong morally, or uh, I, th- I think people are doing it for the right reason, and I hope they are, and you tend to see it based off their, their own comments, and you, you can see hate when it's there and you can see yeah. just an outpouring of love and want to help but we can't what can we do really but what we can do is help yourself you can help focus on what's for you so i'm going to bring it back to this email and to what we're well, talking I, I about i can i can bring it right back for you now go on what's your own life Stephen? right the and the email says i'll really start living when i finally dot 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 mastered mm-hmm. whatever um for you what would really start living 
look like maybe you're potentially already doing it but what does really start living mean to you i'm there already and <laughs> like i said <laughs> i try not to it's something i probably learned it in australia i think is where i learned this lesson so when i moved to australia i was doing a lot of reading of self-help books and uh, i lived on my own spent a lot of time on my own did a lot of sort of this work if you will and one thing i worked in a few construction sites there so did i built australia with my bare hands and traveled around the world once shook every man's hand twice um when i was doing that i i often seen fellas in their 40s or 50s that were doing tough tough work like in the trenches type work like in they were working six days a week 12 hour shifts and stuff and they were they were kind of saying oh once i get to this amount of money i'll quit but they never they were never quitting so it was a case of like oh once i get a hundred thousand saved up i'll quit but then once they got the hundred thousand they're like well sure i got that in five years once i get five hundred thousand i'll quit and then like you in personal training the goalposts kept shifting and they kept going through tough tough work and not really living and i could see that a lot and it kind of scared me a wee bit and it gave me that lesson that if we keep doing things in the hope that it'll eventually be good i don't think that works but then at the same time i do know it's a good attitude to have because when you are going through tough times at work or in your life or whatever it's like it will be better when i get through this but you can't just keep saying that you kind of have to say it will be better when i get through this but i'm going to get through this i'm going to do whatever i have to i'm going to try and enjoy the process or go through the process i know it's going to be tough but you have to really focus on the and you hear it all the time and it's, sometimes it's a bullshit state but it's focus on the now you know focus on the present and it really really does matter because if you're focusing on like i say in there with the house oh i'd love to just be in six months time where it's warmer and it's no mold and it's you know just we have a proper kitchen all that sort of stuff like it's it's very easy to get caught away and be like oh, i just can't wait but i just have to ride through the shitty part and try and enjoy it or just live just not even enjoy it just accept it so i try to bring that attitude into all aspects of my life and i think it's working but definitely it's because I'm working on it. That makes sense, Aiden. There'll be a day in the future when you look back and be like sitting with Triona and be like, do you mind the day we pulled out that window there and blah, blah, blah. And, mm -hmm. you know, you could miss all that. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. And you do see that a lot of time people that reach their goal, and I've seen that they talk and about that. Size or remember the the process. Well, well uh, you see it a lot with professional athletes that really struggle after, or even amateur athletes where they really struggle when they retire because they weren't enjoying the process. It was off. Or like I read a, a book once about um, Olympic gold medal winner, and once they won the Olympics, they became depressed after. It's quite common because. It was always this was this was the goal. The goal is win this Olympic gold medal. It was not, you know, improve myself ten or two seconds on this run. Uh, it, it was all or like it wasn't anything to do with anything else outside of life. And it's quite common. And you can you can put that same idea to anything else. Once I build the house, I'll be happy. But you won't because you'll have the house, but you'll not have the work done. You know, you will not have the personal work done. Yeah. So, Aiden. Goalposts will shift. Yeah. Yes. Aiden, I'll put a similar question back to you before we wrap up here. Uh, and just looking through this email now, I'm going to kind of ask you the same thing if you want to talk about it. But also, it talks about the difficulty of the balance of the personal growth or 
between being and becoming, between feeling enough and wanting to be better, between desire for more and a satisfaction for what you already have. Where are you sitting on that at the moment? Talking about this last day <clears throat> with my girlfriend uh, and a cafe of all places. Co coffee's just such a great job for this. Mm -hmm. At the moment, my life is quite, I would say, slow. And um, as in like probably very most steady it's ever been and like i'm not overreaching or stressed to the health or working crazy hours or anything like that there um and we're moving into a new apartment and we're doing it bit by bit we're saving up buying a piece of equipment or equipment or <laughs> furniture that we need i'm thinking of something else <laughs> excuse me uh we're saving up bit by bit buy it and and we're doing it that way uh, and the same with business, like it's no mad push or mad panic. And there's definitely a level of dissatisfaction there for me, to be honest, mm -hmm. with that. And and I expressed that to Veronica and she was like, she's like, just sometimes it's, it's slow. Because this time last year was mayhem. Like, cause I was working two jobs. I was working six days a week. I was dieting really hard. Um, I was training a lot. There was so much going on. Whereas like now it's very chill. I'm not training so hard. I'm not dieting. Uh, I'm working one job and it's just very different. So my honest answer is, yeah, I I'm struggling with it. Hence probably why I'm having this sort of conversation because it's very relevant to my own life at the moment. And I really probably won't have a good growth answer until I, I spend more time thinking about this and talking about this particular stage. When when does it come to a stage where the talking is done and the action occurs? That's something I always think about is you can read books and you can read and listen to podcasts all you want when, <coughs> when does Aiden actually realize it I have everything I need now and I'm mm -hmm. going to enjoy this process of, of living slowly and being with someone <laughs> you really care for and all that good question <coughs> good question um, I'll let you know <laughs> No, I'm just as I guess uh, Veronica just brought my awareness to this particular conundrum or mm -hmm. um, state that I found myself in, and uh, that's why I brought it into conversation. Yeah, no, I, I don't need to take any action on it. To be honest, you know, I'm I'm just need I don't need anything really. I'm just in it. That's it. Well, I suppose it's something I always come back to is the the three choices and this is so uh, one point in order do you want to say about self-help books and all these sort of improvement books and podcasts and stuff i haven't read a self-help type book in maybe over a year now but i went through a phase where i was reading one every two three weeks and some of them really hit home and i really related to and some of them i thought were shite I would recommend if someone's sitting this and hasn't begun the personal growth thing, try it. If nothing changes, grand. It doesn't matter. If you feel you're in a good position, sound. But Aiden, one of the things that came up on a book called The Power of Now, which is all about focusing on the present, says when you have a difficult thought, say, like you're having there now, you have three choices. Right? You have accept it and live with it fully change it or remove yourself from the situation so i think accepting it can be difficult so do you think you're in the process of accepting that that's how your life is now absolutely, absolutely that yeah tune in next week we're in. i'm not i'm not really like i don't really want to change it it's it's just more that I came to the awareness of this is the way my life is now and 
uh, accepting that, learning to accept that. Well, we went way off on topic, but yeah, and there's loads of things in there that there's another couple of podcast episodes on, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you, one final thing, if you think of the Aiden from five years ago, how do you think that Aiden would look at the newly improved Aiden that's sitting here in front of me now? I would imagine he'd give him a, a pat on the back. Yeah. We hope to maybe at a at a fairly turbulent turbulent time five years ago. So <laughs> that's true. But yeah, you got through it. And I would say a lot of that you probably did focus a lot on the there and now. The present getting through them tough moments. Absolutely. I'd imagine. So what's the concluding statement? Aiden from the Soul Brew podcast. I think there is no concluding statement on this. I think this is whoever is listening to this. Um, I hope we've sparked something in you and that you go and have a cup of coffee with a friend or a cup of tea, have a chat about this episode. Maybe there was something in here that struck uh, a chord with yourself and you just expand on it further and we send this conversation out into the world and that's it. I don't think there's a conclusion for at yeah. least for me. There's no conclusion anyway. I suppose just to add to that, what we discussed probably could nearly wreck someone's head even further. But I do think the moment, the present is important. Enjoy the passage of time. If you don't think you need the self-help and you truly don't or you don't need growth and you're happy where you are i think that's 100 percent. but just be sure because <laughs> because sometimes it's better when you come out the other side of that's my sort of concluding statement very wise Stephen. <laughs> so thank you for listening Please do share, uh, comment, share with friends, family, whoever. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a follow, give us five stars. If you want, buy us a coffee. You see the link all in our bio. And for now, peace and love. love.